Greetings! Welcome aboard the Diecast Enterprise. This is Pags. Bullock. Jake. And tonight we're checking out Season 2, Episode 3, Elementary, Dear Data. It's a good one! Yeah? Yeah, it's a it's a pretty good one. I mean, it's got uh, it's got a couple of uh, technical fumbles here and there, but on the whole... It's Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's actually fun. It just, you know, it's, it's always fun sense. to see Brent Spiner chewing it up as Sherlock. Oh, he's yeah. so smug. It's oh, wonderful. Yeah. It's, uh, it's kind of the role he was born to play. Like, not... Hey. Hey. Hang on. What? I'm sorry, dear viewers. Give me. Give it here. That. You play with that. It's quiet. Hey! God damn it. This is why we can't have a nice podcast. I know. Sorry. <laughs> Um, now, it's when the, I say it's the role he was born to play, I don't mean he was born to play Sherlock Holmes. He's born to play Data playing Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, yeah, born to play Sherlock Holmes as smugly as humanly possible. It's great. <laughs> it really is. It's uh, And, you know, I really enjoy LeVar Burton as Watson as well. Not because he's good at it, but because he's kind of terrible at it. And it's just... I really enjoyed his sort of British accent. Yes. It feels like a crossover with Reading Rainbow. It does. It's, <laughs> you know, here's... Here's Jordy. He's gonna take us on an adventure into the wonderful world world of books and LARPing. Oh man! Because let's let's not make uh... we should we should set the scene here. Uh, <laughs> oh yes. So the uh, the Enterprise is scheduled to rendezvous with the USS Victory. Yeah. Apparently, an old as hell uh, starship in old the middle balls. of balls. Yeah, they're like, hey, we're gonna meet them here on this specific spot, but we got their three days ahead of them because we're a lot faster than they are, I guess. So they they this show begins. They say we literally have nothing to do and except to wait. Yeah, that's. Exactly exactly what Picard says. We have nothing to do. Yeah. May as well go LARPing. Yep. So the show starts Lightning bolt. In, in engineering uh, with Data examining an old, old wooden ship that uh, our boy uh, Jordy has built. The original USS Victory. Yeah, and like it's all a lot of string. Like it's a fancy ass model. So did Jordy build that model himself? I think that's the uh, I think that's the idea is that it's not replicated that Jordy actually mm. went ahead and built the entire thing himself. Because we all know he's got a lot of spare time on his hands. <laughs> he does. I mean, he certainly <laughs> doesn't fill that time with uh, with personal relationships or anything. Well, that's one of my favorite lines in this episode, and this is getting ahead of things a bit, but... No, no. It's Pulaski good. in 10 Forward is, you know, riffing on Data, because that's what she does. Yeah. And she refers to him as Jordy's artificial friend, and it struck me, you know, that... Oh, you know, that's a little <laughs> She too... burned them both! <laughs> yeah, that's what a, a little... bitch! <laughs> Jordy's best friend is artificial just as his later girlfriend is imaginary. Oh, he's he's the guy with the, the girlfriend nose, in Canada. It? It's like, oh. <laughs> it really is. It's cold. <sighs> girlfriend in the holodeck, I'm yeah. sorry. Oh, Lasky, <laughs> what an ice queen. Oh, man. Oh, but man. she's not wrong. I know, uh, she's, you know, she's dead right. You know, well, she's in not a lot wrong of, about Jordy anyway. Yeah, in, in a lot of episodes, you know, I... I, I, I I will take every side against her, but she's not wrong about Jordy right here. No, it was a sick burn. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's got nothing but sass about uh, our boy uh, Data, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. Um, because uh, Data was good enough to come down to the uh, engineering deck and look at uh, Jordy's, Jordy's model. Yeah, for five seconds. Jordy's sweet model. Jordy's going to repay him for this favor by going LARPing with him on All the holodeck <laughs> uh, as the more, as, pardon me, has the Watson to his home. And off they go to the holodeck. Well, no, off they go to get in costume. Yeah, because... Obviously. You know, this... If you're going to go LARPing, you're going to do it yeah, right. exactly. And... 
yeah, I mean, that's all that, like... And, and that's the thing about Next Gen, everyone on the ship is really into LARPing. Totally, and I mean, the thing is, we didn't have a term for it back then, <laughs> you know, but now we know what it is. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And now it's hilarious. I have a lot of questions about the crew LARPing, but let, let's save that for a little later. <laughs> we'll get into that later. Do, um, do you think Starfleet has, like, LARPing leagues? I've got all sorts of questions about that. <laughs> um, let, let's, do the, let's do the plot synopsis, and then we'll, then we'll get weird. Okay. Um, so the, the opening scene, they, they get, they then go to 221 Baker Street. They walk in onto the holodeck into Holmes's study. It's and nice. It's, it's it's a very expensive set. Mm-hmm. Uh, we 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 were doing some research on it, and it cost two hundred thousand dollars to build this street. Yeah, the, the London street uh, that we see in the episode. And it was so expensive that they that the powers that be decided that they had to cut down a day of filming on the episode, which Ooh. made the director quite angry, and is part of the reason that the episode's a little bit choppy because mm-hmm. they had to compress things down quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So the opening scene, basically, Data walks in and picks up the Holmes violin and starts playing it, and D- D- Jordy tries to get into character, so he starts, you know, writing down in a journal, um, I guess, recording the events of Holmes and his thoughts about what Holmes was doing. Yeah, he waxes poetic about uh, how good Holmes is at the violin. But then, before he can finish that thought, knock, knock, knock at the door, and there's Inspector Lestrade, but Data is ahead of the game. Yeah, he the character comes in from one of the Holmes mysteries and what is essentially the opening opening uh, scene of that story, Data jumps right to the ending of it, realizing that the Baron Xir is, oh, this is actually the a double agent for the... Uh, for the a foreign g- government. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've read this story. I remember how it ends. Yeah, yeah. We're, and that... Uh, gets... Hey, we're not in the business of spoiling Holmes mysteries here. We're <laughs> only spoiling Star Trek stories. <laughs> and of course, that makes Geordi rage quit. Yeah. yeah, he literally rage quits. He just walks off the holodeck, and flips a table. He's like, it's... computer, stop <laughs> this fucking shit right now yeah. it's kind of adorable yeah i love it it's a bit of a tantrum like there's oh. no there's no attempt on his part to explain to data no no data this is this is all wrong this is how it goes no instead of you know calm understanding from jordy uh that you'd expect mm-hmm. it's just fuck this shit i'm out I- he, he takes does. his geek stuff very seriously. Yeah, yeah. He does. I really liked... One thing I was thinking while we were watching Jordy write down in the journal there, his his Watson notes. Do we know anything about the 24th century in terms of handwriting? Does anyone know how to handwrite at all? I don't know. I was imagining the whole time that Jordy knows what it is but can't actually do it because he's yeah. never had to. So he's we never see what yeah, he's, he's writing. Just, he's moving his hand. It's just if we'd seen that book, it just would have been scribble. Well, hell, I couldn't write in cursive if I had yeah, to now. And I, I, I had to learn that shit in high school. I couldn't have written as fast as Jordy was writing no, there. No. He was Fair he enough. was writing at the speed of his speech. I mean, you I guys have a four hundred year head start on him too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Okay. So then, yeah, I think we can all agree he was not actually he was pantomime. Yeah. So then, yeah, he takes his his he takes his <laughs> he takes his tweed and goes home. <laughs> he, yeah, he's out of there, straight to the ten forward, uh, where he at this point he now tries to explain to uh, Data exactly why it spoils the game for Data to jump right to the end. Both of them still in their uh, 19th century London outfits. Well, because, you know, that, that shit's sweet. It, it really totally is. is. <laughs> and, you know, the 24th century is just way more accepting than uh, we are today. LARPers would get laughed at if they went in costume to a restaurant here. You, you mean like Denny's? If, if they just hung out at Denny's after Or LARPing? Boston Pizza back in the day. <laughs> Boston Pizza, that's what it was. Yeah, back in the day when uh, Foley and I were writing our comic, <laughs> uh, weekly we would see the, uh, what was it, Vampire the Masquerade? They were larpers uh, would show up and gather at the back of the uh, Boston Pizza. It's quite amusing. I like how most of them were quote unquote dressed.
dressed up. In front, yeah, in remember, uh, what is it, uh, Phil Chow's cousin, I can't remember his name, Jason? Yeah. Yeah, he was there, but he was dressed up like, like an oil tycoon. Like, he had, like, a Stetson and, like, one of those bolo ties. he was stuff. Daniel Plainview. Well, as it turned out, like, because we finally asked him about it one day when we saw him walking by our booth, we're like, hey, Jason. And it turns out that that's exactly what it was. He was a vampire oil tycoon. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> you know, he, he was essentially, you know, he just kind of wanted to mix the worlds of Dallas and Vampire the Masquerade. It's kind of awesome in hindsight. Yeah. That is great. But, you know, I'd back to Star Trek. Vampire Dallas? Vampire Dallas. Oh, I'd be all over that. Yeah, like Dark Shadows in Dallas. Yeah, man. <laughs> Barnabas Collins versus <laughs> J.R. Ewing? Yeah. <laughs> Barnabas Ewing. Give me that show. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! So they're they're discussing their their LARPing woes, and Pulaski happens to be drinking nearby because she doesn't have any friends. Of course, yeah. And and she decides to you know shit on their parade. <laughs> Absolutely, which she does quite <laughs> expertly. <Yeah. laughs> Brilliantly, <laughs> it, it's her finest moment of the entire series. Yeah, like, yeah. L- listen, boys, Data, he's shit. <laughs> Data, you're shit, and Jordy, you have no friends. <laughs> Jordy, you have a shit friend, and yeah. just one. <laughs> she ain't and wrong. <laughs> you're so socially inept. Your only friend is mechanical. And and so this leads to them deciding that she should hang out with them. You know? <laughs> yeah, why not? Because she challenges them, she challenges Data to solve a real mystery that he doesn't know the solution to already, which is kind of a problem because he's basically yeah. just play acting through stories that he already knows. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so they uh, they try to do that. They go back to the holodeck <laughs> and ask it to create a Holmesian mystery. Um, Although, let me just jump in here and say that a much easier way around this would have just been for Data to have erased one of the Holmes mysteries from his memory. Yeah, probably. You yeah, know, probably. just like uh, in Red Dwarf with Holly. You know. It's like, I've now read every book in existence. Can you do me a favor and erase Agatha Christie from my memory so I can just reread them? Yeah, yeah. well, and there, there's a, honestly a lot of stuff that reminded me of Red Dwarf in this episode. <laughs> you know, the, the whole hard light hologram thing. Yeah. But, you know, what, 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 the, what they do is they, you know, get create a fake Holmesian mystery, but the computer just mashes up. It's just uh, a mashup yeah, of, like, it's two. A, it's a mix and it's, match. It's the Speckled Band and the Red-Headed League. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. a geek. I've read all of Sherlock Holmes stuff a few times. <laughs> And, you know, obviously he recognizes the two different stories mashed up. and like, oh, I got the this. answer to this. And she's like, fraud. And again, you know, I, I don't that like Shansky, but she's not wrong. She's no. right this episode. No. That, but that exchange she, is great because Data is also correct when he says it's deduction. That yeah. he realized he deduced what was going on and then correctly solved the problem. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're both right, but, you know, Pulaski's a bitch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Tiebreaker. But she's more right. <laughs> she is. And uh, the what she's wrong about is Data's capabilities like Mm -hmm. she she's right that what data is doing is not what Holmes does but she's wrong in assuming that just because data is a machine that he is incapable of making these observations yeah her uh, on her on his own her quote is something like if you were confronted with a real mystery your you would short circuits would short short circuit melt which is ridiculous because again you know data has a day job it involves solving mysteries yeah and and even in the previous episode there there was his quote something about uh, yeah. the most important question in 
most important statement in science is, I don't know. Yeah, I do not know what that is. Yeah, and, you know, he's willing to admit when there's something that he doesn't understand, and he's he's willing to look into it. So that's absurd. But, but whatever, that doesn't, Pulaski's Pulaski's, that doesn't fit with Pulaski's theory. On yeah. Pulaski's awful. So, yeah, she just flat out doesn't like Davis. So whatever, it's cool. So then Jordy uh, makes a bit of a gaffe. He uh, summons the arch and then asks the computer to redo the program yet again for a third time. This time to create a new Holmesian style mystery with an opponent capable with the capabilities of defeating Data. Not Sherlock Holmes, but Data. And that's important. Wording is apparently very important mm-hmm. uh, in the Star Trek universe. You, well, you say is... one word wrong to the computer and it, you know, it's essentially doomsday. Well, the thing is though, the computer does ask him, like, oh, can you give me some parameters here on what you want? And Data and And Jordy he just repeats just... what he said. Yeah, Jordy's like, yeah. whatevs. You know, do absolutely anything to defeat Data. Yeah. Sure. That and seems, it, you know, that seems at, dumb. At the same time, Moriarty is standing right next to the arch looking and like, what the hell is this thing? Yeah, um, it's pretty great. So, um, so then I guess he's he's imbued with all sorts of new knowledge. Yeah, and suddenly abilities. the computer basically endows Moriarty with uh, awareness and yeah. uh, consciousness mm-hmm. uh, because the only way to defeat Data is to have consciousness. A uh, To create another... Yeah artificial intelligence yeah exactly uh so that's kind of a little problem right there that uh the creating artificial intelligence in the uh star trek universe is now as simple as telling the computer to make something really smart that can well it's it's absurd but you know they they do at least have you know immediately they cut to the bridge and it's like man there's a huge drain on power right now yeah (laughs) something weird is going on here that's weird yeah it is it is silly of course that you know if something if this were to happen why does somebody like some component of Starfleet immediately drop everything and start investigating the fact that they have a machine that can create artificial life yeah yeah but they don't no one no one explores it further this always happens in Star Trek I know you know there's always like it happens all the time in the original series and in next gen game changing universe changing things happen and then nothing comes of it because nobody does anything about it in the original series like I think I've already said this before I was I was certain the reason that happened is because Kirk never bothered filing his logs. Well, yeah, no one yeah. knows about it. Exactly, which is, which is why they didn't know what that... Like, when they came across the hole in space yeah. last episode, they're like, like, there are no logs. No one has ever, ever seen this before. Yeah. You know, flashback to Kirk and uh, the uh, the immunity syndrome or whatever it was. Exactly, exactly. Like, hey, look, a hole in space. That was weird. Should we but, should we tell somebody? Nah. Not whatever. They just didn't bother with the paperwork. I, mean, I, I refuse to believe that Picard would, would do that. Yeah. No, so, Picard's a stickler for the Picard's paperwork. Picard's a man yeah, who would right. do his I homework. Picard's like Hermes like paperwork is his favorite part of the job (laughs) absolutely so yeah who knows Um, but anyway Moriarty now is uh, a serious threat and he steals Pulaski yeah kidnaps her kidnaps Pulaski and Jordy and Jordy thinks it's a ruse he's like oh Pulaski's fucking with you (laughs) she's just hiding somewhere and Data's like nah 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 nah. nothing about this adds up at all that's not how you detective (laughs) (laughs) allow me to detect so you know they they start looking for Pulaski and he's or Moriarty has thrown a distraction murder in their way or the computer the has. computer I has. think the computer has I don't think Moriarty was supposed to have been responsible for that the, the computer is like yeah like well I'm, I'm not sure because you know at this point already we know that Moriarty is able to access the arch yeah but I, I think the computer I don't think Moriarty created that murder scenario 
here. I think the computer did as, you know, as part of its imperative to just defeat like a red data. Herring. Yeah, it's like, let's throw some red herrings at okay. data. Like, because the, the computer, it's not just Moriarty that's trying to defeat data. The computer is as well to a certain degree, right. you know? So, yeah, there's the red herring murder, but, you know, data sees through that shit. Uh, we get jo- to see Jordy, <laughs> Jordy totally fail at deducing it. Yeah, just like Watson. Just adorable. Yeah, because, I mean, that that's classic Watson. It's like, yeah. oh, here, let me try my hand at this. I've been watching Holmes for a while. I got this shit wrong. Like, uh, no, none of that's true. No, you're sad. Uh, but, yeah, they, they, uh, they eventually catch up with Moriarty because he's not actually trying to hide anymore. He wants them to find them. Mm. Uh, and then Moriarty just, like, blows their minds, you know? Like, ah, Holmes, but not Holmes. And Watson, but not Watson. And Jordy's just all like, oh, jeez. Does that scare you? <laughs> And so he gives them this piece of paper and that we don't see, and they, uh, or he gives he gives Data a piece yeah, of paper. Yeah, Data just storms out. And they they leave the holodeck with this piece of paper. Yeah, and the paper doesn't go away. It doesn't do. go away, which is a plot hole in the episode as it stands. Yeah, but yeah, why did the material not? It wasn't supposed to materialize. We'll get to that. We'll, we'll get to yeah. why. Yeah. And what was drawn on that piece of paper? No, it wasn't Dick Butt. <laughs> <laughs> It was double dick butt. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> what? What? I get pounded in the ass by my own gay flying pound. My, my own gay flying Oh ass. man. Chuck Tingle is like the <laughs> finest writer of our age. So, Links you know, in the description. They go all the way to the bridge and finally, you know, Jordy flips over the piece of paper, which he's clearly looking at upside, upside down. Upside down. In horror. Which is very comical. Yeah. And it's it's a crude drawing of the yeah, Enterprise. Yeah, it, it, it's an outline of the Enterprise. Yeah. Like, bum, 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 bum. Oh my gosh. Moriarty can draw a way better Enterprise than I could when I was eight. <laughs> That's true. It looks pretty really good. It was really good. It was, it was clearly recognizable. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. And so this is a problem because it means that Moriarty understands his situation. He has access to the, to the computer. He understands that he's on a starship, you know. So they go to the captain, and they have—they all have a big meeting, and they decide, you know, uh, you know, we still got a day until the victory shows up. I could do some larping. <laughs> no, wait, wait, first, first, he's all like, "Okay, what are our options?" And uh, Riker's like, "I, th- I think we should just destroy the holograms." Well, how do we do that? And Jordy's uh, like, "Well, well, I could, you know." create some high you know high speed particles send them down through existing conduits that would literally wash away all of the holograms oh alright sounds good sounds good what about Dr. Pulaski well super accelerated particles will tear apart flesh just as well as they do holograms and like oh Oh, yeah sounds good sounds good Mm. (laughs) I see I see do it So they decide they're going to take another path. Although I don't know why they don't just. Think there's of, some serious consideration. There's like given the plan of, A. Here's where all of the plot holes for the episode really show up because there are a gazillion different ways out of this situation. One, they could just beam Pulaski off the holodeck. You that know was... O'Brien's not got anything else to do. Yeah, exactly. O'Brien is sitting down there <laughs> in transporter room number three, his favorite, just doing his thumbs, nothing. Man. You know, dreaming of that hot Keiko that he just can't get with. Yet. Yet. Not until uh, not until his wingman Data hooks them up. 
that's coming up. That's, that's right. sad. Uh, I know, right? <laughs> another, uh, another guy with an artificial brain. Right? Uh, At least he's yeah. got a real girlfriend. So yeah, there's their Oops. one solution is, hey, we could just beam her out of there. No, they don't. Let's not do that. Hey, they don't think of that. For some reason, we can't turn off the holodeck. If only we had super command override, like I don't know, the captain of the ship does. You know. But to be fair, you know, he really wants to dress up and join up the LARPing. Really? Do you it's see? It's thing he's, he really loves doing. Guys, yeah. do you see that top hat? Oh, on? that like, kicks when, he, when he pops he, it out. Oh, yeah. man. He clearly owns that top Like, he didn't yeah. replicate that. That was waiting for him hell in no. his closet. Hell no. Well, hell, the first was. holodeck episode was yeah. Picard being Dixon Hill. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I expect that Picard has a whole cosplay closet. Oh, yeah. There's no his, question. In his room. You know, like... The captain's quarters is larger than any other quarters. He's got lots of extra closet space. I wonder if he has all of his costumes from I, Claudius in there. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know he does. <laughs> yeah. and, and his oh, hair pieces. Yeah, and his still suit from Dune. Mm. Nice. Oh, God. And, <laughs> His balisette, so he can play some music. <laughs> oh God! This is from my Gurney Halleck days. <laughs> Twang. Uh, I just rewatched Dune on the weekend. It's so bad. I know it's really bad. Anyway, so what's even better is they they get Worf to <laughs> yeah. dress up in a suit. Yeah, looks so but, good. which never comes into play. They just he just waits outside. But yeah. oh, I so wanted him to go in there with a top hat, man. Well, well Worf's plan as in yeah. in the meeting when they're brainstorming what to do. Worf's plan, of course, is like bust into the holodeck to shoot up the place. <laughs> yeah, and at that point, Data says, "You know what? I think that would put Pulaski in danger. I believe that because of these circumstances, that the computer has, in all likelihood, turned off the." mortality mm. fail-safes. Now, it's important that he says that here, because shortly, they will go to the bridge, or, pardon me, they will go to the holodeck, a mugger will try to steal Picard's money, and they will have the exact same conversation in reverse, where it is Picard who informs us that he believes the fail-safes are turned off, and Data seems, like, oblivious to this idea. Which is super weird, because, you know, as I said, we did a little bit of research into the episode, and read that, you know, the, the director wanted the episode to be quite a bit longer Mm -hmm. and this was already the second revision yeah Mm -hmm. and yet they have almost the exact same sequence of dialogue only separated by two different scenes like how did they not it's just smacks of the shooting order was a certain way it's just it's an editorial problem kind of like in uh, the Star Wars special edition when they added the uh, Jabba the Hutt scene back in because Jabba and Han Solo's dialogue is the exact same dialogue as the Greedo and Han Solo dialogue like Jabba word for word repeats yeah. what Greedo says. Except, you know, back then he wasn't a big dude in furs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, they're thinking, oh man, people are going to love it. We're going to show them Jabba the Hutt. But it's just a repeated scene. Yeah. You know, because with that, without the Jabba scene, they created the Greedo scene. If they're going to put the Jabba scene back in, they need to drop the Greedo scene because it's the same Although, thing. to be fair to Next Gen, of course, they only had seven days to make the episode. True. Whereas, no, not, six, not days. A, yeah, yeah, George, six days. Yeah, six days. George they Lucas, lost a day. Not 25 Had it all right years. and then fucked it up 25 years later. Yeah. Like, what? So, unfortunately, we don't get to see Worf storming the holodeck in a top hat and suit. Oh, Although we shame. do get to see him in a suit, and it is magnificent. It, it is. He looks oh, great. man, I wish that we had also seen like, the rest man. of his... Uh, I, I wish we'd seen the rest of his security staff also dressed up. <laughs> like old-time like Union Busters or something. Oh, man! I want <laughs> you know, that holodeck like, episode. Like, like blackjacks in their hand yeah. and, and, and brass knuckles just Could, ready to go in there and fuck up some holograms. Couldn't that just have been a spin? 
spin-off show. <laughs> I, I would have watched that. Worf's Holodeck Adventures? Yeah. Oh, Give me God. that show. And again. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, they could still make that show now. Like, Michael, Dorn, Michael, Michael Dorn is available. <laughs> no, Michael Dorn is more than available. He is pushing for a Captain Worf series right now. Sick. I want it. I know, right? That'd be better than anything else they yeah. could do with Star Trek right now. Exactly. Dorn is saying, listen, guys, you know, let's uh, let's do a Captain Warp series. Yeah. What do you say? I could, I could use a new summer home. I'm Count me in. I'm on board. <laughs> Michael Dorn, if you're selling, I'm buying. I, I love Michael Dorn, man. He is Warf great. is one of my favorite characters. Damn right. <laughs> oh, you missed the first season where Jeff continued to put Michael Dorn and Warf I down. did not put Michael Dorn down. I put Klingons down. Oh, yeah, because The racist. Klingons in the first season are rough. They're, they're, they don't really know what they're going with them yet. You probably haven't... But I, you have, probably haven't listened to the episode yet that... Uh, well, it might not even be up yet. I don't know. Oh, I've um, listened to a bunch of them. No, I'm, I'm saying it might be one of the ones I haven't edited okay. yet. But, uh, no. Uh, my problem with the Klingons as a whole in Next Gen and in the original series is I feel that they're just poorly utilized. Like, I don't feel like they were... Like, they've got this basic idea that the Klingons are all about honor but I don't think it was very well uh, thought out so I find the Klingons kind of one note and I, I feel my, my problem with the Klingons is I feel like there was so much wasted potential with them because I wanted to know more about their society because the way their society appears to work doesn't feel like it should work yeah like I if, suppose I mean we do get the Klingon planet layer and yeah it's, and it's kind of odd you know, it, it doesn't entirely fit together but yeah so I, I fucking love Worf yeah and, Worf's and great and I love Michael Dorn Michael Dorn is also great yeah and it would have been and as Rucker says you would be a huge hit in London in that uh, outfit. Yeah, man. <laughs> I really want to see like what kind of like you know you know callback to like Star Trek Four we would have had where like Spock puts on that like beanie so he can't see his cling. Uh, it, it's not a beanie; it's a it's a headband. Oh, a headband! Sorry, <laughs> yeah, that's he, right. he, he rips off a, a bit of the trim on his uh, robe and ties it over his forehead to cover his ears and his eyebrows. Totally. So what the hell was like Worf gonna do to cover up that like huge Klingon melon that would work with like Bobby century? It would have to be enormous. Oh. He'd have to be wearing a like a Bobby. Helmet, I think that'd be great. Whoop. And it would have been awesome. Yeah. It would have been so awesome. And and it's really a missed opportunity that we didn't get that because it, it would have been a thing of beauty. I it's would have loved that. Oh well. Anyhow, they're there. They're uh they meet up with Moriarty and we get our, I guess, showdown between Moriarty. Oh, wait, wait, and... wait. First, we we get some sense of weird romance going on between Pulaski and Moriarty. Oh yeah, like when oh. they enter the room and Pulaski saw like like just kind of jumps up out of the couch that she was lying. Down nothing, on, nothing, and, nothing, and, and nothing like happened. starts fixing her, like her, 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 her bustier. Yeah, and like, what's okay. going on here? Nothing, She's just he was just cramming me full of crumpets, stuffing me full of crumpets, yeah. I believe, is the yeah. exact terminology. Horrifying, yeah. that's uh, and that's it comes a up again, totally a euphemism. It is clearly a euphemism. They were definitely getting down, you know. Pulaski, she may, uh, she may shit all over data, but she is not above artificial men, oh, yeah. not yeah. at all. Yeah. And that is what the holodeck's for, right? Yeah, I but, mean, but, honestly, if it exists in real yeah. life just bone on. city oh yeah bone all Central. the time yeah it would be like the premier they, they sex pr- simulator yeah they would they would pretty much have to ban anyone under the age of 18 from using holodecks you know Wesley sorry Car- Wesley sorry Wesley you are not getting in there you're not which is why he's not in this episode <laughs> not allowed yeah he, he doesn't make, even make an appearance that's true nope. Nope. so stuff full of crumpets <laughs> yeah uh, he, he was pretty, he was stuffing the crumpets to me something fierce captain <laughs> Oh, Never felt so man. crammed. Good God. Gross, gross. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
fully doesn't like to think about uh, about Pulaski is Pulaski? a sexual or, or, being. Or, or, or any of these Star Trek characters as sexual beings. I believe the no. way you put it uh, in one of our podcasts was, was that, that be the naked now confined uh, to quarters. Yeah, uh, you don't. You, it's like watching mom. It's like you don't want to see mom and dad doing that. That's true. Yeah, like oh god, stop. No, it's not. It's not wholesome at all. <laughs> I don't like it. So, it's a cruise ship, man. Yeah, yeah. Ship goes it's down. Like the, it's a love boat. Yeah, you know, like they remember the love boat sketch they did on Saturday Night Live when uh, when Patrick Stewart hosted. Yeah, yeah. That was great. With uh, with Jordy was Isaac. Of oh, Queen Latifah's Isaac. Or no, no, no. Whoopi Goldberg is Isaac. Well, I mean, yeah, she not not Guy in their not in their spoof Isaac. though. Uh, oh, yeah. in, in their spoof, Tim Meadows was uh, Jordy, it was Jordy, and yeah. he and he was uh, he was like <laughs> <laughs> it was it was great. And uh, War, Worf was the uh, I think Worf was their uh, their activities coordinator. You know, <laughs> I will defeat you at shuffleboard, Mister Worf. You have to let the passengers win at shuffleboard. Uh, it's great and. Of course, the uh, icing on that cake is that um, uh, Farley, uh, Chris, Farley Chris Farley, is uh, Riker. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't remember nice. that. Oh, it's it's. I don't think I've ever seen that. It's one. beautiful. We'll we'll look it up after this. All right. Um. So, getting back to uh, the actual episode here, Picard the showdown. Yeah, Picard has his quote unquote showdown with Moriarty. It's not really super dramatic. It's basically two sensible dudes talking. Fairly yeah. sensible. They, they just yeah. kind of talk it out, and then nothing happens and Moriarty surrenders. Yeah, Moriarty decides like, look, I was an evil character, but now that I can think and decide on my own, I'm past that shit. Yeah. yeah. I just want to live. Yeah, I just want to continue to exist. Which is pretty interesting really. Yeah. Which, okay, now, now we should talk about the uh, deleted ending. Mm-hmm. Originally, you know, as we said, Data leaves the, the holodeck. holodeck with this piece of paper, and that doesn't make any sense yeah. in the episode as it was written. But originally, the idea was that, you know, this paper being out of the holodeck was proof to Picard that matter could leave the holodeck. Exactly. So, you know, he goes in there knowing that Moriarty actually can leave the holodeck and is a legitimate threat, and just tells him that he can't yeah. ever leave the holodeck, that he's just a being of energy, that it can only exist there. He fakes him out. Which is pretty cold. Like, yeah. like I said. Ice cold. It's mad dickish. All it right, is. All right, and all right, all right, that's all right. why they, and that's so Gene Roddenberry. Cooler than me and cool. Yeah. <laughs> Ice cold. Yeah I'm throwing that Gene Roddenberry that. was not a fan of that and so he vetoed the ending. Yeah. And rightly so. It's a good move. Uh, for a number of reasons. Not just that they had already established in season one that people can't leave the holodeck. Yeah. Because it was established in season one that when you leave the holodeck, you... That matter can't leave the holodeck. Yeah, that matter can't leave the holodeck. Although it does still create the plot hole with him leaving the holodeck with a piece of paper. Yeah, it does. But, I mean, it's not the first time it's happened either. Like, uh, the snowball... Uh, yeah. The snowball, like, Wesley leaves the holodeck, and, and he's it's wet, still, and he's still wet when he walks out. Paper. My In, in my yeah. internal uh, canon, like, the way I work it out in my head so that uh, it makes sense, is that while the holodeck holodeck can't while the holodeck is mostly recreating matter that can't leave the holodeck very simple patterns things yeah. like water or snow which is you know or paper or paper yeah. it instead of just creating force fields for that it just replicates a piece of paper yeah because it's just easier yeah, than doing it holographically like, it makes and then when it turns off like a replicator it just turns all of the everything on the holodeck back into yeah and it's, it's not like every room in the ship doesn't have its own replicator yeah, anyway exactly and 
and in, so that's fine. In, in terms of internal logic for the show, it makes perfect sense. If you ask the replicator to make a piece of paper, it can do it. It can't make a living thing. Yeah, you can't get a new pet dog out of your replica- replicator. As far as we know. We don't know where those puppies came from. We do talk a lot about <laughs> replicators. Oh, baby. Well, they're so fascinating. I know. But but in terms of immersion, though, like for the holodeck, it makes total sense. to yeah. If yeah. you want the experience to be more real, if you're going to have water in the holodeck, it might as well be real water. Like Yeah. yeah. If you're going to interact with inanimate objects that are simple patterns, make them. Yeah, well, yeah. In, in the previous episode, Riker's all dirty fighting yeah. on the holodeck. And exactly. He, he walks out of the holodeck dirty, yeah. right? Yeah. And, th- and that's fine. So I'm, I'm willing to give it a pass on that. So yeah, uh, our, our boy Picard basically talks Moriarty to death, essentially. Mm. Well, he just reasons out with him that there yeah. is there is unfortunately no way that he can leave the holodeck. Yeah. They wish like, him no ill. Tell you what, we'll, we'll, I've got a thumb drive here. We'll just save you. Yeah. We, we've got a computer with a really huge memory. We're, we're just going to keep you around. It's it's cool. Yeah, and maybe one day, who knows? And the original intention was that they were going to follow the episode up right away. But, but. Th- this is another thing that we found in our research. They had kind of banked on that uh, Sherlock Holmes and the Sherlock Holmes characters were public domain by this point. Because, you know, it, yeah. it, they were written in the 19th century. But they weren't. Whoops. And uh, the estate of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle took issue with the episode. So it was four years before they were finally able yeah. to come back to the story. Oh, how do you like that? I had no idea. That was... I, I certainly would have assumed that they were public domain at that point. Mm-hmm. No, right? they were I not. think they might be now, because I yeah. mean, we've got Pretty all sure these they different now. Sherlock Holmes shows going yeah. on right now. But yeah, that, that was that was the problem. That's why it uh, waited for Barkley to uh, yeah. bring him back. Oh, Barkley. <sighs> so yeah, it was. it's kind of, it's a great episode. A little anticlimactic at the end. Like, there isn't a, there isn't a uh, dramatic showdown, but that's okay for Star Trek. And I, I like it in this episode. I feel that that's appropriate here. Yeah. Because it's a really rational ending yeah. for the episode. You know, yeah. after they had foregone all of the other easier rational endings that they could have uh, applied much earlier in the episode, they reach a different rational ending at the end. Well, I, I like that they come to a philosophically rational ending. Yeah, yeah. Which, which really feels appropriate for Next Gen. Because it's a very philosophical show. Uh, Definitely, yeah. It's it's got a lot of stuff about just you know human humans relating to each other, or humans and aliens who or are humans, basically yeah. just stand-ins for different types of humans. Or humans having robotic <clears throat> f- best friends because they can't get real ones. Yeah, yeah. Data's my best friend because he'll tolerate me because he doesn't have uh, the ability to not tolerate me. Yeah, Cleverbot's my best friend. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. So back to LARPing. Back to LARPing. <laughs> so you got to figure, like... So much LARPing in Next Gen. Well, what, if the crew were going to get together for, for a group ensemble, what would be their, uh, like, what... Sailing ship. Well, they do that, right? Yeah, they do that Maybe. in Generations. Yeah. And yeah. Data pushes uh, Dr. Crusher into the ocean. That's yeah. a, hilarious. Some Master and Commander LARPing? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that would be sweet. Well, if we're going to go, like, but we're going to do, like, classic Dungeons and Dragons. Ooh, yeah. So, oh, like, man, what yeah. would each, like, what would each character from Star Trek who would they who would they pick for role play like what what class what race I, 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 I want Worf to be like a dwarf yeah, I think, I think I, Worf would go like sexy vampire. Do you think? I don't know. I don't know that Worf would really for for sexy vampire. I'm thinking more Troy. Yeah, yeah. Tross. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. That seems more Troy's bag. Like Worf would be all gritty and you know battle and mm-hmm. shit. Wizard Carter would definitely be like the multi class cheese like <laughs> paladin, rules cheese man. guy. Yeah, like paladin, all rule exploits is yeah, everything you can yeah. do. Elf, do you think or for Crusher? Yeah, for Wesley. I think Jordy would be an elf. Jordy be an elf. <laughs> yeah. Okay. 
up the card. Ranger. Ranger. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I think like maybe uh, or maybe a cleric. Okay. Yeah. 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 See that. I can see that. Riker. Rogue. 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 <laughs> Definitely rogue. Come rogue. on. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Sex rogue. <laughs> Just make something up. Yeah. Yeah. It's a new class. Right, right, Riker's a rogue he, with fixed be, dice. He'd be much like Annie in the community. Yeah. Her her character. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Long descriptions of her sexual conquests. Yeah, that'd be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Pulaski. Oh, Troll. <laughs> <laughs> Goblin. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh man. That's... Okay, so data though. Oh, Golem. Okay. No, I don't know. Maybe not. I, 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 I feel like he wouldn't NPC. choose that on his own. Definitely an NPC. NPC. Oh, yeah, he, he, he'd be the dungeon master. He'd be the DM. Oh, he would. Oh god, he's such a rules. Yeah, yeah. He, like, he would that, be that's the it. shittiest no, DM. Yeah, but it doesn't. It doesn't matter DM. what data is. He's the rules lawyer. Yeah. 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 Uh, are we inviting O'Brien to play? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> of course not. I'm sorry. Beverly Crusher. Uh, yeah, I should be invited. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, Mage, I guess. Or I feel like she wouldn't even understand the game. No. She'd be like the mom. Yeah. She'd be like, I, I love Beverly kid, Crusher. Kids want some she's, sandwiches or she's, something. She's great, but I made some tang. She's like she'd just be really out of place. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. The rest of them are dorks who would totally be into it. <laughs> oh, there's no question. You can <laughs> actually. No, she's way into it in uh, season one. Like, she, yeah, because because uh, Picard invites her to the Dixon oh, Hill thing, right, and she right. thinks it's a date. Oh yeah. But yeah. then he also invites the ship's historian along. Yeah. As a third wheel, oh. and she's just like, "Oh man!" But again, that, that's not the role-playing yeah, aspect. That, that's she, the... She's just totally into Picard. Yeah, she's just psyched to be going yeah. on a date. Yeah, which you know, you know more power mom. to her. I, I mean, you know, Picard—that's a good catch. She, yeah, yeah. Cry- Beverly would totally be like the person who'd be going to the, like the intense D and D party who'd never played. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. And she'd, she'd do her best, but it, like you know, wouldn't really know what's going on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <forget> anybody? <laughs> I feel like we forgot somebody. I feel like there's somebody missing. Uh, we did. Did we do Jordy? Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. Yeah, Jordy. What was he again? Uh, he was an elf. Elf was an elf. Uh, what type of elf? I don't know. One of those prancy ones. That's a pretty <laughs> prancy. I meant what's his uh, his class? Oh, you mean like a dark elf? Oh no, not no. not like a drow. <laughs> Something. No, um, this is an Elder Scrolls. Uh, uh, okay. I don't know. Um, Forgotten Realms. Okay, whatever. I don't know. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Okay. Uh, rankings. How do you rank this episode? Ooh. It's pretty good. I'm, uh, I'm willing to go Lieutenant Commander on this one. Yeah, you know, I, I think I can. I, I think I can go with that. You know, like I mean, it has its problems, but you know, it, it's it skates over them fast enough that you don't really yeah, notice. Like them I would, much. I would rewatch this episode. Oh, like, definitely. If you guys wanted to watch this it again right now, episode. I would be like, okay, let's do it. Data's Holmes is really hammy. I yeah. forgot it's, how hammy it's, it is. Yeah. It's so hammy it's, that it becomes great, though. Yeah. Like, I, he's I, so incredibly smug in the role that it's fun. I mean, he's he's no he's no Jeremy Brett, but that's, he is... Uh, yeah, see, that's the thing. Like, I, Yeah, Jeremy Brett does kind of spoil all other homes once you've seen him. Like, I think that was pretty contemporary with this. Like, when I saw yeah, this, yeah, Jeremy I was Brett was deep into Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, yeah. I used to watch uh, The Adventures of Sherlock Holmes with my dad, like, every week on oh, yeah. Mystery on that. You see, yeah. I'm, I'm most familiar with, like, the Basil Rathbone yeah. films. Oh, man. 
Yeah. Oh, if you want, I've got all of the Jeremy Brett. Like I've, I've got seen the, them here and there. I just like I've got the box set. You should check okay. it out. Like I mean, right. it's like they did practically every book. That's cool. So like I mean, you should check it out. They're great. Like I'm extremely familiar with the books. I've read them all a couple times. Yeah. I guess I'll have to give it to Lieutenant Commander as well. <laughs> all right, Lieutenant Commanders across the board. Wow, yep. that is two episodes in a row with consensus. I know. I don't like. And that. this would be the highest rated episode to date. I think. I think uh, so. Yeah. At least for uh, this season. Uh, I think we had a commander last season no way really pretty sure we did but consensus commander no not consensus commander we've never had well i mean we rarely that's what i'm saying like there there was this is certainly the highest consensus ranking yeah yeah Yeah, no question yeah i think we're all or at least this is the first really good episode or at least on par with our highest consensus and and that's another thing that uh we we looked up in the uh when we were doing our research this was the first episode to receive also emmy nominations some emmy nominations yeah so this is the first episode that kind of had some accolades that kind of showed that the show was not just a bad rehash yeah well yeah the season is where they really start to kind of find their footing and then season three they've now got their footing and now they're running Mm -hmm. yeah yeah. um what's so what's next what's the outrageous okona oh my outrageous (laughs) okana i love the outrageous okana that's a, that episode well, Joe is Piscopo well, part? That so, makes oh, one geez. of us, I guess. Sorry, sorry, I forgot that the Joe Piscopo <laughs> part was in there. Yes. Joe Pis- that, that, that episode has some great stuff in it, but it also has some terrible oh. stuff Akona in it. Akona is a fun Han Solo yeah. knockoff. The, the, the oh, B-plot B is terrible. The B-plot is but the, the arguably is, the worst of the entire series. Yeah, it's pretty oh bad. But the A-plot's pretty good. And Okana is great, and uh, I, I really like Bill Campbell. For a long time, I thought he must be related to Bruce Campbell because they look very similar. That's true, uh, but they are not. Uh, Bill Campbell, you may remember as the Rocketeer. Uh, he was also originally going to be Riker, mm-hmm. but uh, scheduling conflicts prevented him from taking the role, and we got Frakes, which is all to the good. I'm, I'm glad because Frakes is fucking. Frakes great. is amazing. Oh god, yeah, good old Frakes. Oh, I love the guy. Yeah, he's so good to me. <laughs> I, I'll you know I'll, I'll, he, he's he's won me over forever like when I met him. I, I have nothing bad to say about yeah. Jonathan Frakes he completely inhabited the role of Riker yeah. and he's wonderful in the series he's, yeah. he's such a great character he's just a super fun guy to, uh, to hell with him W <laughs> still my favorite Frakes quote of all time wanted on a shirt amazing alright so uh, that's about it for this episode of Diecast Enterprise join us next week for the outrageous Okana this is Pags I'm Paul Jake and we'll catch you next time.